Mac Power Users, episode 695, live from WWDC. Hello, everyone. It's David Sparks. I'm sitting here in Apple Park today, joined by my friend and yours, Mr. Stephen Hackett. How are you doing, Stephen? I'm great, David. How are you? Oh, man. What a week. I know. What just, what a week. We're going get, to get into it today. Uh, we are recording live in person. We get to do this every once in a while, and it's always fun. And uh, it's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. There's a lot to cover, so we're going to take episode 697 in a couple of weeks, the feedback episode. We're going to get into some more stuff there. And of course, in the fall, we'll do our full kind of OS coverage as these things start to roll out. So there's lots of stuff to talk about, and uh, I'm excited to jump in. Yeah, usually we have a full schedule the week of WWDC, and this year, Apple added a new compute platform. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're going to do our best, gang. Um, the uh, on more power users today. That's the ad-free version of the show. We're going to talk a little bit about my feelings after looking at the Mac Studio. I have complicated feelings. Yeah, uh, but that, we're going to do that. Um, uh, but either way, it's so fun to be here. And I guess we should just start by uh, thanking Apple for giving us some space to to do a recording. We've done these in the past. Uh, in hotel rooms. I remember once we were both sitting on the floor because we wanted the beds around uh-huh. us to, to dampen <laughs> the noise. And now we're in a professional studio. So it's nice. Yeah, uh, man, we're moving on up. Yeah. So let's start with some of those uh, operating system announcements. We're going to kind of hit the, the high points today. And uh, let's start with iOS 17. I did not have on my bingo card, Apple starts with the phone app. Yeah, me either. And it's funny because I had never really thought about the phone app much in the past years, but mm-hmm. all of these nice little quality of life improvements were like, they really landed with me. They, they identified problems that I'm, I'm dealing with. And it's really nice to see that app getting some attention. Like one of them for me is, as a, as a guy who loves focus modes, uh, I do occasionally worry about calls not getting through. And like, sure. they, they added a feature. If someone goes to message, you get a live transcription. In fact, I think the transcription story kind of moves throughout the whole day and the stuff they're doing now. But boy, that's that's cool. Um, you know, we got some nice improvements to the phone this year. Yeah, the voicemail thing is neat. So the phone basically pretends it's in a voicemail mode. It's all happening locally. Yeah. The person starts talking. You see a transcription, and then you know if it's someone trying to extend your car warranty, you just let it go. Yeah. But, you know, we've all had this, right? You get a phone call from an unknown number, but it turns out your kid is sick at school or, you know, something's going on you need to know about. So then yeah. you can accept it and you jump right into the call. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I also am really excited about the uh, personalization around the contact posters. Yeah. So this is like the little avatar we all have in contacts cranked to 11. So you can set yours up. With a photo or with an emoji, you can set it a bunch of different backgrounds and text. And then when you call, it's sort of a a, a better visual representation of, of who you are to those people. And there's some privacy stuff around it, of course. But I think that's going to be really neat. I think once people build these out, it's going to really make the phone, like the phone call experience, much more exciting. Yeah, and because, you know, it'd be crazy to install the first beta, uh, I did. And... I've already set my contact, my new contact card up. It's, dude, it's it's epic. It's epic. Yeah, that looks pretty sweet. And uh, you can just hold your phone up to somebody. So I, I think that's going to be really nice. 
And now you're FaceTiming somebody. Yeah, and now I just <laughs> FaceTime somebody. Whoops. But the, yeah, and another thing that I thought was a nice improvement is um, on messages, how you can send uh, voice messages where you record your voice. And I've always liked the idea of that because text is so one dimensional. You're really only getting text across. And sometimes that's misinterpreted. Like mm-hmm. you send something ironically or trying to be funny, but the other person reads it wrong. So I thought voice, the, the, the idea of sending a voice message over messages is a good idea. The problem is I always feel like I'm putting a burden on the other person because it's like now you can just glance at a text message, you know what they're saying. But when they send you a voice message, you've got to like, if you're in a public place, you got to put headphones on and mm-hmm. you got to listen to it. Well, now they, they transcribe that for you too. So yeah. you can just read it and then go listen to it if you need further context. So just lots of nice little touches like that on the phone app. Yeah, one of my uh, sort of favorite related things is in messages in a group thread, there'll be an option to go back to the first unread message. We have that in things like Slack and Discord where it can be really important. But if you're in a really talkative group thread, like maybe a family thread or something, and they've all planned a barbecue and you weren't paying attention, it's a real example that happened to me very recently, Yeah, uh, you can very quickly kind of catch up from where you are. So you get lots of little nice uh, features and sort of the communication suite on the phone. You know, apps that we all use all the time. And uh, I, I like when those apps get sort of a fresh look and some new ideas in them. And uh, especially messages. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Just any change in messages, it affects billions of people. And that's true for all of this stuff. But like messages, you know, so many people use them. Every once in a while, Apple will, will have a stat about the billions or trillions of iMessages sent, you know, every week or something. And so when they add features to that, it really impacts a lot of people greatly. Agreed. And like one of the big things in messages that has been a known friction point for me is adding attachments to it. There, uh, Historically, you would have to go to the apps button. Like if you want to add a photo, you have to go to the apps button then to the photos button. Mm-hmm. And so the two taps, I think for a lot of people, they get lost on the way. Yeah. And uh, the new interface for attachments to messages is one tap and then you get a really simple menu and it gets you to your stickers, which we could talk about in a minute. And it just gets you to all of the various message attachments with one easy tap. I think for a lot of people for whom, you know, they, they're not good at more complicated things, uh, this is going to open up a world for them with messages that they wouldn't use. I mean, yeah. I always think of like people like my mother-in-law and like people I know who are not tech savvy, but they want to be able to add cool things to messages and they can never quite get there. I think this is going to really help them. Yeah. Do we want to move on to the iPad? Uh, yeah. Just one last little bit is the sticker part, because okay. I had the, the pleasure of sitting next to Mike Hurley during the the, um, the keynote, and he was just so happy mm-hmm. with the stickers. But the uh, uh, you can now take like a picture of your dog and convert it into a sticker, and uh, that's cool. I've already been doing that. All right, iPad. Yeah, so I think the the headline here for people who are are really pushing the iPad is that Stage Manager has been uh, tweaked a little bit to allow greater flexibility in window management, you know, movement and sizing. Our friend Federico wrote a really great piece. We were at the table with him last night when he was writing it, (laughs) and uh, I'll have that in the show notes kind of explaining some of the changes. Stage Manager is one of those things that's kind of hard to talk about, but in the the current version in iPadOS 16, there were sort of a set number of sizes and kind of arrangements you could use. And the OS would snap windows or resize them kind of to fit what it think it needed. 
And now a lot of those constraints have been lifted. It's much closer to macOS in terms of the the ability you have to uh, arrange those windows. And like iOS, it's, it's other cousin, uh, we now have lock screen widgets, uh, something that came on the iPhone last year. And I know we've talked a lot about sort of the idea of an iPad as a status board. And I think that's going to get better in two ways. One, you could have widgets on the lock screen, so it doesn't have to be unlocked to be useful. Uh, but also interactive widgets, which are coming to all the other platforms. So you could have a HomeKit widget, and you could have like your favorite lights in there and just reach out and tap them and not have to wait for the Home app to open and then find where you wanted to go. Bringing those things closer to the surface, letting apps uh, extend their functionality beyond their icon is super exciting. And and for a lot of those, a lot of us who have an iPad that, you know, we use for a lot of stuff like that, right? Like we all have a bunch of widgets with like weather and calendar and stuff. Seeing those widgets come to life in a new way, I think is going to be great, especially on the iPad. Yeah. And, and that will allow, and that feature, by the way, also applies to the phone. Yeah. Um, and the Mac, which we'll talk about in a yes. minute. But the, um, that allows, there's a lot of developers, like I spent some time with Ken Case from Omni Group, uh, and that's really one of the benefits of being here is you get to talk to people. But you know, OmniFocus has kept on this legacy interactive widget for years from the old version of widgets before you know it came back because that was the only one that was interactive. So all these developers can dump all these old widgets that you know they don't like the way they look, they don't really fit in in a Swift world, and now that's possible. So I think that's great. Um, on the stage manager thing, it is not entirely like the Mac. It's not where you can size them on your iPad any way you want. There are still constraints, but there are a lot more of them. So it really allows you to customize the look of your iPad mm-hmm. more. And uh, I think that was a nice move. I mean, the iPad is making slow progress. It still is, I feel like, um, an in-between device. Yeah. I mean, and, and nothing happened this year to make me think that, you know, it's going to change. That's kind of the way they view it. But as an in-between device, they're making it easier to use. Yeah. The health app is coming to the iPad, which I think is nice. Yeah. The health app has a lot of data in it, and I'm honestly just excited to be able to utilize that data on a larger screen. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, and it's all going to sync, you know, uh, encrypted and safely between your devices. But yeah, I, I do agree with you. The iPad still feels like it's kind of where it's been. It's in between the phone and the Mac. If you want to use it as a your only computer, you definitely can. Uh, it still lacks some things that I think a lot of us need to make that transition possible. But I was encouraged that Stage Manager got attention year over year. Sometimes things wait 24 months, and uh, I'm glad that it is improving yeah, already. It, it needed it, really. It did. And uh, so it's more useful now. The other thing that's interesting is the PDF tool set group, yeah. which is odd. I mean, I remember um, I was at a lawyer's conference when the iPad was first announced, and everybody was losing their mind that this is the PDF device to rule them all. And it really is the greatest device for PDF annotation. And uh, there's a whole host of third-party apps out there. But Apple is now like you know the narrative we had last year with uh, productivity apps from Apple kind of creeping up beyond the mere basics. And PDFs are now, you can add that to the list. The PDF tool set is really nice. Yeah, the iPad and the Pencil, just they're, they're so great for that use case. And uh, I'm glad that, that it is becoming easier and more manageable to deal with them. Yeah, there's a, there's also a whole other story with um, security that kind of goes across the platforms. And we're, we're on limited time today. We're, we're going to cover that in more depth in a future episode. But 
um, the uh, Apple is again creeping towards more power features with passwords and pass keys. And now you'll have the ability to share them. Still don't have an app though. I would like to see an app show up. For yeah, that yeah, it's still in, in settings, which yeah. is a bit of a bummer. I did see though on Sonoma, someone on Macedon had posted that if you open keychain access, it's like, oh, did you mean passwords? Like, are you looking for that? So there's, I think they understand that people are maybe a little confused by that. Yeah. Uh, another iPad related announcement is the improvements uh, to Freeform. You know, that is another year over year improvement. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we heard about that uh, when we did the show on it earlier this year that they were working on more stuff. And sure enough, we're getting it. I mean, I think the Freeform story also kind of bleeds over into that new hardware. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, It's going to be a great device for that. Yeah. So, but, but that's coming along as well. I, I think, in fact, just to, to pause for a second, I really feel like the software announcements this year were far more extensive than I expected. Be- Same. Yeah, because with it, we knew a new hardware is coming. You figure that it was all hands on deck just to get that going. But mm-hmm. no, I mean, iPad, iPhone, Mac, they all got some nice improvements this year. They did. Uh, one thing on Freeform, they added uh, a feature that it made me think of you instantly called Follow Along. So if you're with a collaborator you can see what they see as they move around the canvas in yeah. free form. And like the educational aspect of that and the possibilities of that, I think are exciting. It yeah. made me think of kind of what you do with a lot of people. And yeah. um, I think that's going to be really neat, especially as we as we move into spatial computing. I was thinking also for like for the Max Sparky Labs, like doing a follow along session um, as you do training, you know, and um yeah, I I want to, let's just put a pin in that because I want to talk about that in relation to you know the the new announcement in a minute because okay. I've got a lot of thoughts there. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about the Mac? I do want to talk about the Mac. Uh, I think the the biggest thing f- for day to day users is going to be the inclusion of widgets on the desktop. We've talked for a long time about how they've been trapped over there in like the weird notification center widget stack on the. Those look so good. He's showing me what they look like. And uh, you can have them on the desktop. They are full color, fully interactive. When you go to something else, they fade away. One thing that I saw, um, when I saw them, I thought I was like, I really want that to be tied into focus modes. Do you know if that's... No. They're not? Not not that I can tell. Okay. I was thinking like if you're in the work focus, I may want, you know, my task manager and a world clock, my calendar... But if it's the weekend, maybe I want, you know, photos and weather and something else. Hopefully, that's something they can they can tie together. Yeah, I would. Uh, we didn't get enough on focus modes this year. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, uh, they did create a new platform. They did. <laughs> so. They did. Uh, the other feature that made me think of you was the video conferencing tools. There's a couple of different styles of presenter overlay, so you can have your head like in a little bubble that moves around and, and you're sharing your screen or you can have yourself cut out from the background. Kind of remind me, do you remember the old like iChat theater days? I do. It was, it's kind of like that, but for the modern era where if you're presenting and it's, they say it's going to work with third parties, so not just FaceTime, you can have your slides or your presentation or PDF or whatever. And then it look really professional the way your video comes in. Uh, I think that's super exciting. I think it's definitely a feature that feels inspired by the pandemic. But I think it still has a place in the world now. Yeah, and and really, the I thought the most interesting part of that because as you're watching the the keynote, you're like, okay, that's great, but most of the people I work with are in Zoom; they're not in FaceTime. Mm-hmm. You know, 
And then at the end, like, oh, and by the way, this is system-wide, and it can tap into Zoom or any other video conferencing software. So now what you're going to have on your Mac is you'll have a way to present on a Zoom call that your PC friends won't have. Yeah. You know, they'll be like, oh, that's cool. How'd that you do cool. that? I'm like, well, you got to go buy a Mac. You got to go get a Mac. Yeah. And uh, that's that's always kind of fun. I, I think that's the right move for Apple, you know, to take mm-hmm. this technology and allow, allow other software developers to incorporate it to the yeah. system. And, and the Mac's getting a bunch of the stuff we've already talked about. It's getting the new PDF stuff and notes. It's getting the messages enhancements. It's getting stickers. Uh, it's getting uh, a really cool feature where you can link notes to each other in yeah. the notes app. Yeah. Which is pretty sweet. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of, you know, we're in this age of the PKM revolution. This is a small implementation of that. It's mm-hmm. not going to replace Obsidian or Rome Research, but but it, it is, for a lot of people, enough. And uh, I've been playing with that as well. It's really easy. You take some text, you select it, you say create a link. And in, you know, historically, you would type in a URL, but you can just type in the name of another note, and boom, you got a, you got a link. Yeah. It, real, very easy. I want to talk about voice to text but I, we i think we'll, we'll wait till later we got some okay. other stuff on that okay. Okay. but there there is um there's just some really nice improvements this year and you know it's funny because historically when we did these shows after wwc we'd always break down the platforms and it's almost becoming the wrong way to discuss this because now everything is going multi-platform yeah. it's, it's kind of the bounty of swift ui and a bunch of other stuff apple's done over the last 10 years but it, now it's the exception that something doesn't go to all platforms where it used to be the exception that something did, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, that, yeah, pretty much everything we've said today to the extent it logically makes sense on another platform, it's there. Yeah. I, I've wondered about that the last couple of years. Like, does it even make sense to order the keynote by OS anymore? Like maybe you talk about features and like, Yes, this is coming to this, this, and that. Yeah. Obviously, there's still going to be times like maybe like the Watch OS 10 preview kind of stands on its own. But so much of the iPhone, iPad, and Mac feature base moves forward in lockstep, which I'm so glad for. For a while there, it felt like the iPhone and iPad would get something and the Mac would get it a couple years later and not as good. But yeah. because of Apple Silicon, because of Swift, because of Swift UI, even because of Mac Catalyst, right? There's a bunch of system apps on the Mac that have become Mac Catalyst over the last couple of years. They can move the ball forward in parallel. And that's what I want, right? As someone who's deep in the ecosystem, who's using these devices you know, interchangeably throughout my day, I want the feature set to be the same everywhere. And I'm glad Apple has gotten into that rhythm. Yeah, totally. Uh, a bunch more stuff on privacy and security. And this would normally be huge news, but there's so much other news but for yeah. example, you know, we've talked about tracking pixels, but there's also tracking links. Like when you click a link, it adds a, an identity to the link when you send it out. That way, whoever gets the link can say, oh, this is computer number. You know, it's like a unique identifier for you. Mm-hmm. And then they attach that to you so they can track you basically across the internet. Um, now Safari strips that. If it adds a tracking link, it strips the tracking link part. Uh, so, you know, just like nice stuff, nice stuff. Yeah. Uh, I do want to touch on the watch just just real quick. Uh, watch OS 10 is bringing uh, a, a pretty big redesign. I think the sort of the bones of the OS are the same. Yeah. But more color, more expansive UI. Looks like it's going to take better use of the uh, display on the, of the larger watches. And widgets are, are coming there as well. And the way that this works is... 
from the watch face, you'll roll up the digital crown and you're into a stack of widgets. You have control of what's in there. Uh, widgets can also kind of insert themselves there depending on what's going on in that app. And there's even a widget for complication. So I said this uh, yesterday, but there are a couple of watch faces I really like that I don't use because they don't have enough complication slots. Yeah. Yeah. And now I can use like some of these more beautiful ones and just have my most important things roll up as widgets or complications inside a widget. So that feels really well thought out. I think if the app intent stuff works where, okay, your weather app needs your attention or you're following a sports game, right? If, if they can do the ranking the way that I want, I think it's really going to make the watch a more like just-in-time device where I look at it and it knows what I want and it surfaced it for me. Yeah, and there's this solves a bunch of problems for me. And first of all, I think because I've got it installed because I'm crazy, The uh, but it feels to me like a second run at the Siri watch face. Now, some listeners may remember Apple really pushed what they called the Siri watch face. Yeah. Like way back in like watch OS 2 or 3. It was a while ago. And they put it out, and then the year later, they allowed uh, app developers to access it. But it it never really took off, and then it just kind of disappeared. And you never heard from it again. And I always thought it was a great idea. This is like a better version of that. So you put the watch face you want. If you want information, hit the, the digital crown, and likely what you want is there. Like I set a timer yesterday, and then you don't see it because I'm using now a nice big analog face because I can then I hit the crown, and the first thing that showed up was the timer. But once the timer was done, when I hit it, the first thing that showed up me was my next appointment. So it's, it's on the right track. I think this is going to be really popular. Also, the button on the watch now accesses control center, which I think is an improvement. I always had trouble with that gesture of swiping up. Sometimes I actually swipe faces. Um, one other thing, and I don't know if this is a beta thing, but right now you cannot swipe between faces with just a swipe. You actually have to hard press and then swipe it. I haven't been able to talk to hmm. anybody from Apple to find out if that's the expected behavior. I actually behavior. like that change. Me too. I, I, <laughs> I, I hope that it's not a bug. I hope this is the future because I don't like looking down and having a different face than I expected. Yeah, that you just brushed you know, because it. Because you put your jacket on wrong and it changed faces. Brushed so maybe that's accident. intended. But yeah, I, I just the, I think of all of the platforms, the watch got the biggest changes this year. And, and so far, they're, yeah. they're looking really good. Well, you are running a bunch of the betas. I think we're going to check in on that in our yeah. feedback episode. Yeah. Give you a little time. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by 1Password, the password solution that both Stephen and I use to protect ourselves and our families on the internet. Look, the internet is full of creepy folks that are trying to get access to your bank accounts and your personal information. You need a team at your back protecting you, and that's what 1Password is. 1Password is a solution that covers a bunch of different platforms, Mac, iOS, Windows, Android, Chrome OS, and Linux, and it helps keep the bad guys out of your data. One of the better things I did as a dad was set up a 1Password for Families account the first day they started selling them at 1Password, and we've been using it for years now, and I really have put good password habits and internet security habits into my kids with this service. Spend a little bit of time showing them how it works. Talk to them about the risks on the internet, but also put all the family passwords into that shared vault so they have to use the application regularly. Before you know it, they're going to become experts at 1Password and start telling their friends about it too. And I'll tell you that's happened because it's happened with my kids. They go off to college with all their friends who use the same password for everything, 
and they get hacked and my kids don't. And then they tell them about one password for just $5 a month. You can get up to five family members with unlimited devices. You can get those shared vaults and let family members choose what they want to share or keep private. It's advanced security with authenticated encryption. Uh, you get alerts when there's a compromised website or vulnerable password. So if one password figures out one of the companies you're dealing with has been hacked, it tells you so you can fix that. You also get 24-7 customer support. And like I said, it's available on just about every platform you need. And best of all, it's not going to cost you $5 a month because when you go to onepassword.com slash MPU, you get 20% off. That's right. They're giving 20% off to Mac Power users listeners to get you started. So go check that link out, onepassword.com slash MPU. Get that 20% off and start protecting your family today. And thank you, OnePassword, for all of your support of the Mac Power users. So we got software, but we also got some Mac hardware. The 15-inch MacBook Air, which we've been talking about for a long time, is out. It's an M2. Specs are the same as the 13-inch MacBook Air M2 that you're using that all of us love so much. You got to see the the 15-inch. Yeah. Um, how was it? Like, what do you think about it? It's like the 13-inch, but it's about two inches bigger. <laughs> it's like the same, <laughs> yeah. the same I, machine. I, uh, Apple, the, when they did the, uh, the video on it, if you watch the keynote, they had like a little like uh, mouse that grabbed the physical device and yanked it bigger. Mm-hmm. And that was the perfect representation of it. If you like the MacBook Air, and I feel like almost everybody should like the MacBook Air as their preferred computer. Yeah. And you want a bigger screen and you don't want to spend MacBook Pro money just because you want a bigger screen. Now they have an option for you. You and I, how long have we been talking about this computer? I think I'd say at least two years. It feels like a, a long time. Yeah. And they've they've really, I mean, it's been like the iBook day since they were kind of two sizes of the consumer notebook. Yeah. And I had, you know, several people who I knew who were looking for a new machine but wanted a larger screen. And I kind of texted a couple of people on Monday. I was like, okay, here's the link. Go buy yourself a 15-inch MacBook Air. All of them are good. Like, just pick what you want. Yeah. And I think it's going to prove to be really successful because it, it does finally break the link between the screen size and the power, yeah. right? A lot of people, I think, ended up over the years with MacBook Pros just because of the screen was larger, and I'm glad that that's kind of been uh, separated a little bit. Yeah, it's it's a big screen. It's thin and light, and it's a great Mac. Yeah, I mean it's gonna have great battery life. Yeah, the 13 inch has great battery life. I think the 15 inch is gonna be comparable from looking at Apple's site. Uh, these are available for pre order. They ship next week, and so uh, I'm sure I will have people in the forums and stuff who are checking them out. But yeah, I think it's gonna be a big hit and. I think if you were hoping it'd be the M3, but you're in the market for machine, like the M2 is fantastic. This is going to be a great laptop. Yeah, The 13-inch is a great laptop. And I would say if, if you're in the market for a notebook or, you know, over the next few months, because like we're, we're in the back-to-school. In fact, Apple Retail kicked off their back-to-school stuff, I think, this week. Uh, this is a machine that I think, you know, if you're looking for someone going to school and a 13-inch isn't just quite enough for me, you know, maybe they're doing design work or doing a lot of research where they need the extra pixels. Like I can see this being popular with that crowd too. Yeah, uh, it is. Uh, the speakers are better. They have more speakers in it. Yeah. Um, uh, they, they played it for me in the hands-on area. Um, if you really want great sound out of your computer, you should get a MacBook pro. Mm-hmm. It, it still doesn't sound that great to me, but 
it, it is odd to me because the new speaker technology does not require the little pinholes on either side of the keyboard. And on Big Macs for now years, you've always got those little pinholes, but they're gone now. But I guess that's one less place for water to get in. And if you don't need them, don't put them there. Yeah. But the um, I just think, I was trying to think the other day, like Mac, Apple Silicon has raised the level, the, the, the floor of the MacBook Air and the Mac Mini so high. It's got to be like 70 or 80% of people that that's the right computer for them if oh, I'm yeah. higher. Oh, and, yeah. and like now there's a big one. So it's just like you said, I, I really feel good about it. And just in general, just to kind of jump ahead, the Mac line now is so good. Like if you want an entry-level computer, they have something for you. If you want something really high spec, they have something for you. And there's overlap. You know, mm-hmm. like I was thinking with the new, uh, the studio, the Mac, the Mac Studios and the, the upper end Mac mini, like there's some overlap there. So you can kind of really decide where you want to go. And man, Apple Silicon is just, I think one of the greatest things that Apple's done. Yeah. And the transition is now complete. There are no new Intel Macs for sale. So they did it within just a couple of years and what a transition it's been. Uh, I think by any account, it's been successful. I am. I, I keep thinking about those 12-inch MacBooks they made a few years ago mm-hmm. because Apple had the desire to make something even smaller but not the ability because the Intel chips were never really quite up to that task. And now they've got Apple Silicon. They could easily make like a, a an ultra, ultra light. And I think it's because I hang out with too many nerds, but I know a lot of people that would like jump on that. That's the only thing I see that they could add yeah. at this point. But yeah, we'll I'm not see. even sure they care because the 13-inch MacBook Air is so light already. Yeah, it's. I'm not sure it needs to be. It needs to exist. Yeah, but. yeah. What used to be air, you know, air yeah. weight. Yeah. These other like everything's come down. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think they're fine without it. But I do think it would be interesting because there are people who do want like a sub notebook. Right? Yeah. There are people who loved the 11.6-inch MacBook Air. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. there are people who. Smallness is the biggest thing. Now, so, is like small, big. Yeah, it's good, right? Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. I'm very tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, you should have saw Stephen yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for like 21 hours. Yeah, it was awesome. It was, it was it was great. I got to see the uh, extent of Stephen's, um, you know, yeah, ability to run on a low gas tank. Yeah, we were all yeah. hanging out last night. I was like, I just have to go to bed. Like y'all can yeah. keep talking, but I'm just I'm going upstairs and going to sleep. It's either I go to bed or I fall face down into these French fries, yeah. one or the other. Yeah. Um, the, over on the desktop side, uh, we got an update to Mac Studio. So now it's got M2 Silicon in Mac Studio. Yes. Uh, those rumors were starting to circulate before, but not only did we get the M2 Mac Studio, we also got the Mac Pro. Yeah. I'm, Again, shipping next week. Yeah. So we're going to talk yeah. more about the Mac Pro in a, in a future episode. I'm, uh, I need a little more time. But I'm super excited that it's here. It is, it does mark the end of the transition, and you know with the M2 Pro Ultra Max, like the whole M2 lineup is here now. Yeah. And like I think you said it so well, like there's there's a machine for everybody now, and for a lot of people that doesn't require a high end purchase anymore. No, exactly. And I was really happy that M2 uh, Max Studio exists because. One of the advantages of Apple Silicon is Apple's making the chips now. So I would hope that we don't have the thing with like we did with Intel, where like machines would get left aside for two or three years yeah. because they could never match up the release date with the 
latest yeah. Intel delay. Yeah, the only one that's still hanging out there is the M1 iMac. Yeah. And uh, I think rumors have said the M3, but I don't know. But again, like for its purpose, right, the M1 is more than enough for a 24-inch iMac. Yeah, but for the studio, I do feel like it should get an yes. update with every chip chip iteration. I agree. And it did, you know, and for a while that was, it was unclear. Yeah, we just didn't know, right? We didn't know what the pattern was going to be. Yeah, so I'm really digging that. So, like, if you, you know, if you want to get a Mac Studio, you know that you're going to get the latest and greatest Mm -hmm. when you get it. Um, Like, I was having people write me saying, oh, my Mac Mini is faster than a Mac Studio because they had the M2 Mac Mini. Yeah. And I don't think that's right. You know, I think the Mac Studio should always be a big bad boy, you know, when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool, and uh, it looks the same. I mean, you know, the uh, I went over to the hands-on area, and there's nothing to see there. You know, it's got the yeah, same. It's, it's got that cool front I/O. Yeah, and um, it's a it's a nice machine. Uh, we haven't heard on the thermals yet, and the sound. You know, that was a question with the first one. Yeah, and I they have reviews coming out. I would guess in the next week, so we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, what the reviewers say about that. Hopefully, it's a little quieter, but I mean. I put my ear next to the one in the uh, in the hands-on area. The guy was looking at me like I was a weirdo. Right. But I couldn't hear anything. But I'm the wrong person. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Because yeah, I always hear things. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't – I'm the wrong guy to, to be your test for that. This episode of Mac Power Users is made possible by Text Expander. You can get 20% off your first year by visiting textexpander.com slash MPU. If you work in a team, you know that communicating faster so everyone can focus on what's most important is a really big deal. And with Text Expander, your team's knowledge is always at their fingertips. Get everyone on the same page by getting information out of silos and into the hands of everyone who needs it. You can share your team's knowledge across departments so your team is sending a unified message to your customers and they're not spending time reinventing the wheel. So this can look like a bunch of different things. At Relay FM, we use Text Expander to make sure that we have all of our sponsor names correctly spelled and capitalized because a lot of companies use different styles over the years, and we want to make sure that we get that right every time so we look super professional. I use it in my membership support. So I have a Text Expander snippet that I type, and it gives me a dropdown of URLs that I often need to send members, like reset a password or download a podcast, whatever it may be. It makes work much more efficient. So here's how it works. You store everything you need in Text Expander: emails, phrases, messaging, URLs, and then you share it. You get your whole team access to all the content they need to use every single day. You can organize it by department and then expand it. They can deploy that content with just a few keystrokes across any apps that they're using because Text Expander is available on the Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. Any place you can type, you can use Text Expander. Show listeners will get 20% off their first year. That URL you want to visit is textexpander.com slash MPU to learn more and sign up. And my thanks to Text Expander for supporting the show. We've been teasing the whole time this new platform. Let's just get into it. Apple yeah. Vision Pro. It's a good name. Yeah. And it was a name that nobody guessed, to my knowledge. But it it, it really kind of encapsulates it. It was, um, this is a, a big deal. So Apple has made what they, they're calling a spatial computing platform. 
I th- and I think that reference, that frame of reference, is really important because an AR or VR headset in the market traditionally has been an extension of gaming, right? Yeah, like the mo- one of the most recent ones is the the PSVR two that goes with the PlayStation, right? It's an extension of something else. This is a general purpose computer, and that's what I was getting at. You know, I wrote that thing, and I think in April about what the headset was going to be for. And one of my big points in that piece was everything is a general computer now and everything needs to be a general computer now. And that's how they pitch this, right? This is something that you can totally use in conjunction with your other Apple devices, but it is a standalone product. It's not a planet in orbit around the sun like the watches to the phone, right? This is a a computer with its own OS, its own platform, its own connectivity. And I think Apple's really setting it up to be uh, potentially the next step in personal computing in some really interesting ways. Yeah, and it's interesting to me because I mean, Apple does have this tradition, right, of taking an existing technology and transforming it through their implementation of it. Uh, the most obvious example is the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Anybody who had a cellular phone before the iPhone, uh, there were no all-screen phones in fact, that was the big knock against the iPhone at the beginning. I remember yeah. all my BlackBerry friends were laughing at oh, me you saying, need a keyboard. Yeah, you know, <laughs> look at them now, right? But, the, yeah. um, but there have been these things you strap to your head to put you in virtual space now for several years. I've tried several of them, so have you. Mm-hmm. But um, Apple transforms it um, in a couple of ways. But I think the main thing they did was they made this massive leap in the underlying technology, the, uh, I call it in the outline, the Holy Trili- uh, Trinity, but the, uh, and that's probably blasphemous, but <laughs> the, um, the, you know, there's the three things that you need to make this work. It needs to have high enough resolution that it's believable. And to date, they, they really haven't done that. Yeah. And then it needs to be bright enough that it feels real. Same thing. You've got these tiny screens that are next to your eyeballs and it's hard to get the brightness of, um, and then uh, most importantly is latency. And uh, one of the advantages of being here is I've been talking to so many people and I've been talking to analysts and, and people who like make a living analyzing these headsets. And the the latency thing is huge. That's what keeps you from wanting to vomit when mm-hmm. you're using it. You know, Because the problem is your brain senses movement, your eye doesn't see movement. And then your brain's like, well, I guess we're going to throw up then. Yeah. You know, and yeah. the, um, this doesn't, at 12 milliseconds, there's just nothing that can touch it. And um, one of the experts I was talking about said that Apple has one of those leads, like it's the Apple Silicon lead over the rest of the tech industry because nobody can do this. There's no other company that has the ability to develop their own chips for it mm-hmm. and to manufacture them. And to actually have the hardware expertise to build it in something like Apple's done, and then tie a user interface and a software platform to it. So it's just it's like a it's like a unicorn product because nobody else has the ability to do it. Um, and everybody that I've talked to, we didn't unfortunately I didn't get to put one on, um, but the it, you know and, and granted there's very limited time. We're you know here we're only here a day or two, but the. Um, the everyone I've talked to that has put them on has said it's transformative. Like mm-hmm. it really feels real. The latency is so low that you don't feel like, you know, you're behind in a simulation and it's uh, they just like the iPhone. I think they've changed the landscape 
of these things you put on your head through their implementation. Yeah, and, and, and Apple Silicon is at the heart of that. So it has an M2 processor, but it also has what they're calling the R1 chip that is responsible for the real-time data from all the sensors. And that's how they can get this so fast. I, I am prone to motion sickness and I've had issues in other headsets. And I, I have not been able to try this either, but I'm extremely confident that I will not have the problem with this because they've been able to bring it down so far. And that's just through basically brute force of silicon. And that's, again, where Apple can stand apart, just like they do in the phone market, just like they do in the computer market. They can now go into this new market and leverage those those same strengths. Yeah, and like they've got something that just turned the industry on its head. Um, it's, uh, it's really going to be fascinating to see. So Apple nails the technology. The second question is, um, what, how does this make my life better? And I think that is, frankly, the harder part of this. Yeah. Because this is a product that has so many different kinds of implementations that there's not a simple answer to that question. And I think every person is going to look at it differently. Like I've, uh, I understand like during the demo, they had a thing with a baseball, like you were in the dugout watching the game and the ball rolls by you and it looks like you could reach out and pick it up. And if you're a big sports fan, this could change the way you watch sports. And for that person, that'll be the draw. Mm -hmm. Um, I am hugely into context shifting and I would love to be able to work on a mountaintop or do things like, and I feel like as dumb as that sounds, I would love that, but you need resolution high enough that you can read a screen without feeling sick. And it has to be believable and bright enough that your Mm -hmm. brain doesn't constantly say there's something wrong here, you know? Yeah. And I mean, each eye has more than 4k of resolution in this headset. Yeah. And, uh, I was listening to the Verge cast earlier today, and they were talking about how in the demo, uh, like picked up their phone and like through the pass through could read and use their phone. Yeah, like you cannot do that on any of these other devices. Yeah, and I think they finally got the technology to a point where they can make all this possible. Now it's expensive because that technology is expensive, but over time it'll come down, and I think over time they'll be able to deliver different experiences at different levels. But for the first outing i was thinking about this this morning for the first outing it seems like it's the strongest initial product we've seen in the category i think about like the first phone or the first watch even the first ipad had some compromises in weird ways because they had to and this one feels like it's been in the oven long enough there were always there will be better headsets in the future right this is the first one's usually the worst one yeah but it sounds like out of the gate they've done a really good job with the hardware and everyone we've talked to to a person is has been just blown away by it yeah, even people whose job is to not be blown away. Right. Um, so that that's really impressive. But just the use case is the thing I think that um, people are going to initially struggle with, and I think that's the reason why we're hearing about it at the at the developer conference. Because I've already talked to developer friends that are making business applications, and just like every kind of application you can think of, and they're already applying their brains to like how can I use this and make this more interesting for my customers and it really is green pastures right now. I mean, we had that with the iPhone where apps evolved for the iPhone that only existed because there was a computer in your pocket. Yeah. And now we're going to have these apps evolve that only exist because there's a, a you can compute in virtual space now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what they're going to be, but there are going to be some amazing apps for this thing once developers get their hands on it. And that's kind of exciting as a user 
to say, oh, we, we just hit another gold rush. And I mean that gold rush not for the fact that developers are going to make money off it, but they will. But I mean a gold rush for users that we're going to get these new ways yeah. to use computers. And it can change the way we do our work. It can mm-hmm. change the way we enjoy our downtime. Yeah. I mean, do you remember like back in like 2008 when the App Store came out? Yeah. Right? It was right before we met. But I remember like my tech friends, my nerd friends would be like, oh, check out this app. It does this. It was the first time I'd ever seen that done. Yeah. Right? That's the sort of feeling I have about this because the iPad and the watch, those have fallen out of the iPhone's timeline. Yeah. This being sort of a new thing. It's like we're going to be entering an age, I think, where it's going to take some time for people to figure it out. But there's going to be experiences and things we can do in this new paradigm that are just are just new. And that is so exciting to me. And yes, yeah, I've spoken to a bunch of developers as well. And they all have ideas, right? We'll see what sticks, right? It's a new platform. But the the buzz, like this place is like crackling this week, yeah. right? Like everyone's excited. Uh, developers, people in the media, everyone, because it's it really feels like we're turning a corner into a new thing. And the old thing's not going to go away, right? Like the computer was not replaced by the phone. This is not going to re- replace the phone itself, I don't think, anytime yeah. soon. But it, it, it brings in, uh, literally brings a new dimensionality to our computing life for the first time. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Clean My Mac X. Go to macpaw.app/mpu and make your Mac as good as new and get five percent off today. Macs these days are super powerful, but even they can get drugged down by junk files, hung processes, and malicious apps. Maintaining your Mac, whether new or old, is essential for smooth macOS performance, and CleanMyMac X is the all-in-one Mac maintenance tool that takes care of old junk, faulty apps, and malware in an efficient and aesthetically pleasing and hassle-free way. Using the app's menu, you can monitor your Mac's health, CPU load, and more. This app has been around 15 years, it has 30 million downloads, and it is a must-try for any Mac user. Running Clean My Mac X is on my personal monthly checklist, and I never miss it. WWDC is just around the corner, so run Clean My Mac X to gear up your Mac for the groundbreaking additions Apple's about to announce. As Apple continues to pack your Mac with innovative features, Clean My Mac X ensures that your hardware remains healthy and running at peak performance, so you can enjoy a seamless macOS experience. Clean My Mac X has been around 15 years. I think I've been using it since the beginning. It's been a very long time, and very quickly, Clean My Mac X became my maintenance solution of choice. There's two reasons for that. First of all, it's really pretty. They do a good job of making an easy user interface. It's really easy to understand, so you know exactly what you're doing. And number two is the tool set. Clean My Mac X has all of the tools, and they continue to add tools to the application. So it is always giving you the most recent, most powerful maintenance scripts and maintenance routines for your Mac, and also making it really easy to use and pretty to look at. It just doesn't clean your Mac. It also helps you remove malware, protect your privacy, and optimize and maintain your Mac. The Space Lens feature is one of my favorites. It allows you to see big files that are using up chunks of your hard drive. Uh, With SSDs, you have to constantly be watching out for things that may fill up your drive. And Clean My Mac X makes that so easy. And best of all, all Mac Power users listeners get 5% off. So check out the link in the show notes now or go to macpaw.app slash MPU. Once again, macpaw.app slash MPU or click on the link in the show notes 
and our thanks to CleanMyMacX for their support of the Mac Power users and all of Relay FM. I was at Macworld when the iPhone was announced. I was not in the auditorium. I was a civilian, just kind of getting started as Mac Sparky. And but the people surrounded those glass those glass tubes mm-hmm. that had the exact same vibe in the hands off area here where all the people surrounded it. I, I feel like it's really something. The other thing that stands out to me is I've talked to a lot of Apple people in the last few days, and they are so sincere and serious about this product. I mean, I think they really see it as something that will, you know, that that will be a new compute platform and offer that kind of revolution again. And I, it's it's so clear to me more so than with like the iPad and the Apple Watch that this is a big deal. And yeah. You know, this is only the beginning. In fact, they said that in the keynote. And yeah, it's that's not, not it's not a very Apple phrase. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. And I agree. I feel like it is going to get better and smaller and less expensive yeah. over time. But man, it's very exciting. Yeah, I, I wanted to revisit something you said. It jumped out at me about the the context switching. So a lot of what they've shown in the demos and in the keynote on the website, you have the the digital crowns. You can go from augmented reality where your software is interacting with your space, yeah, to virtual reality. They're not calling it that. It's all spatial stuff. But where your your living room is transformed into a mountaintop or yeah. a beach, and then you can work in that environment. And people in the world can come in and sit next to you, and they sort of – someone described it to me as like they're coming out of the mist. Like yeah. like your wife's face slowly emerges like, oh, hey, you know, I'm here. Yeah. Um, but the, that context switching seems really powerful to me. And we've, we've talked about on the show in the past in terms of focus modes. Uh, I use – sound a lot for this yeah. right so like an app like dark noise or specific music that sort of thing but i feel like this is going to open the door to context switching for people who it hasn't worked for yeah before does that make sense yeah like if you just do your sales proposals while you're in an alpine cabin yeah and you can literally do that with this thing. yeah and maybe that you only go to that go i'm using a lot of air quotes today. yeah you only go to that cabin when you're doing that type of exactly. work. Right. Like you and I both treat our studios that way. I don't hang out in the pod cabin. Yeah. Right. Like if I'm out there, I'm working. It's not a place to like yeah. go chill. And I'm already thinking about like, you know, what are there certain types of work that I want to do on the beach in this thing? Yeah. And that that's gonna be really fun to explore. Yeah. And there's real science behind that. Uh, the way our brains work, if we can truly context shift we can be more productive and we can get the job done and get out of there, you know? Mm-hmm. And so this enables that we, we did a meetup in the Max Berkey labs the day after the keynote. And one of the, the folks there had lived in Tokyo in like one of those little tiny apartments, you know, as you do in Tokyo. And he says, man, this would have been great when I'm in that little tiny room yeah. to like sit back and watch an IMAX movie because you can, with his headset plugged in. So I, yeah, or think about like you live in a dorm, right? Someone's yeah. eight feet away from you all the time. Um, I don't know when it'll be the first time we see somebody on an airplane, in, but even yesterday. So I flew in yesterday. Yeah. And I was watching the State of the Union on my laptop, taking notes, preparing for shows, right? This woman was sitting next to me. And I could just sense the entire time she wanted to ask me what I was doing. Yeah. Right. Cause there's like slides with like code and I'm like taking notes. Yeah. And it was like, are you assigned, you know, like, and she, she didn't, you know, she was, didn't really say much of the flight. Yeah. But like, you, we are, sometimes have those experiences where 
we wish it were a little bit more private or we just want to sort of escape for a little while. We want to watch a movie on a 100-foot theater, but we can't. A yeah. hundred foot screen, but we can't go see to the theater, right? So, I think bringing those experiences to every, everyday life will be exciting. Um, I do think there are concerns, and it's going to be something everyone has to figure out. You know what makes sense for them and their family life or whatever. It's like showing up at the dinner table wearing that would not fly in my house. Yeah, right. No. But in my house, neither does having your phone at the table. Yeah, right. So we will all have to build rules around this that, that work for us. Agreed. And I think it's a moving target. Like I re, um, uh, I talked to a friend who was at a, uh, one of the Apple facilities yesterday and said, oh, yeah, there were guys there just wearing them, doing their thing, you know. And so, like, it's it's already a norm at certain parts of this campus right. because they're making them. They need to test them. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when the AirPods first came out, I got an early set of those, and I did not want to wear them in public. Yeah. You I know? felt that way about the first iPhone. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, I was at Apple Retail when the first phone came out, so I got one really early. And I was at a bar with some friends because I was much younger then. And I pulled it out, and it was like people just like – Yeah, swooped in. Swooped in to see it. Yeah. Right? Same thing with the Apple Watch. There's always those yeah. phases. This is perhaps the biggest hurdle because it's on your face. I mean, it's so intimate. It covers yeah. your eyes. Yeah. That's how we communicate with, as humans. Uh I, I don't know, I mean, personally, that I would, like in the keynote, they had a session where their lady was on the couch and her, I think her daughter comes in or, yeah. and they're having this conversation. I, I couldn't see myself doing that. No, but, I, I think for me, it'll be something uh, that will be primarily a work device. Solitary. Yeah, yeah. or a trip like this, right? Where yeah. I, I'm in a hotel room by myself. I could watch a movie on my iPad or I could watch a movie in this. Like, I would rather watch yeah, a movie I, in this. This, uh, this trip, I decided to go cheap on the hotel. Yeah. Man, I'm not sure if that was a good idea. Are you itchy? Is it like that sort of thing? No, just like the uh, there were sirens. Like I was trying to shoot videos and sirens kept yeah. going by. And then apparently the the ceiling rafters aren't that big. Mm. And the guy above me did, did both days did a 6:30 a.m. workout. The first day I thought there was a SWAT team. Yeah, <laughs> coming. And it, it turns out he was just doing his workout. So maybe I should have got the fancy place. But, yeah. But yeah, but those would have been nice for those instances. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I do think that it is going to be a personal device for a lot of people more than a social device. But, but this is the first time I've seen a device like this that takes into account other humans, which I think is huge. Even if I'm not going to have conversations with my wife on it, if I'm working on it and she walks in a room and says, hey, did you feed the dog? Yeah. I could look at her and see her. She could see my eyes. I could say, yeah, I fed the dog. And then she'd say, okay, go do your thing, yeah. nerd. And she'd walk out of the room. Yeah. And But I think that would be great for that for me. I bet that's kind of my limit, but I think we all have to figure it out for ourselves. And I, I, think, I think you're right. It will evolve. Yeah. Um, so 3500 bucks availability, early 2024, U.S. only at first. I have some Europeans in my life. Yeah. They're like, I think we're going to fly to the United States to get yeah. one of these. <laughs> no, I, I remember when the iPad came out, I had European friends that, we're doing that or having me buy them and ship them to them. Yep, yeah. Uh, I think all of that is, is likely, uh, but uh, you know, the pricing, cause we had heard rumors in the 3000 range. A lot of us were like wish casting that like, this will be like the iPad and the announced price will be way less. And it wasn't. And, uh, but you know what I, cause I had posted in the labs beforehand that I said, okay, this will be 1999. This is just to predict. They are going to give us a price be 1999. And then as they were doing the keynote and talking about all the sensors and all this custom silicon, I'm like, 
oh yeah, I was really wrong about 1999. <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know, it's funny because when we did the, because you and I were at the keynote with the Pro Display XDR, and that was that one felt really rough. There was a gasp yeah. in the room. This didn't get that reaction. I think people yeah. kind of Apple Apple convinced us. Oh no, this is like something else. This is not yeah. not a thing to play Beat Saber. Yeah, I mean, on. it's got like twelve camera. I mean, it's got all yeah. these all this hardware in it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I'm definitely interested in it in terms of a, a work device, maybe a little bit entertainment, but um. Yeah, we're going to keep tabs on this. And I think we will learn more about it as time goes on, right? We're still, it's June. We're still at least six months away. My guess is nine months away. I think it's going to be spring yeah. <laughs> 2024. So I'm sure we will talk much more about this. I also think that Apple has more to say about it. If you watch yeah. the keynote, there were things where they said, we have more to say about it. Like, gaming was really yeah. largely ignored. No in the fitness keynote. story. Yeah. They have a fitness studio. Yeah, yeah. So, so it will see. Yeah, I, I think there's we're going to learn more about it over time. But I think the point of the keynote was to establish this as a as a new computing platform mm-hmm. and not as a, a VR device. In fact, yeah. I don't think they said virtual reality once. No, spatial computing. Yeah, the price is um, so the price is high. I, I guess I don't know. I'm thinking about it historically. I remember when we got married, we bought a new new computer, and it was like thirty five hundred dollars, and that was like in nineteen ninety three dollars. Yeah, um, this is something new. Um, if you're someone who likes to wait for generation two, it will get better, cheaper, lighter, all that stuff. Um, but just being here, um, and just also just talking to all those people that have done the demo, uh, there's no question in my mind I will find the money mm-hmm. uh, because I I want to I want to try it out just because. I'm excited about it and the idea of this new platform. How can I use it? What can I do with it? I want to get out in front of this. Um, but but it, it is not, it's not inexpensive. I mean, this is not a, a thing that you should buy lightly. Yeah. This episode of MPU is made possible by Indeed. No one wins when you play the waiting game. When it comes to hiring, you don't want to wait for great talent to wander in and find you. You can find them first with Indeed, because when you're hiring, you need Indeed's hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, you can use their powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. Indeed streamlines hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers Get quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. Indeed's hiring platform is really great because they do the hard work for you. Indeed shows you candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after your post. That means you're not waiting around. You're not playing that waiting game. Even better, Indeed is the only job site where you pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. So you're not paying for other ones. This makes Indeed an unbelievably powerful hiring platform, delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest in 2019. So join more than the three million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com MPU. This offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit at Indeed.com slash MPU. That's I-N-D-E-E-D dot com slash MPU. This supports the show because they know 
you heard about them on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. My thanks to Indeed for the support of the show and Relay FM. Some little things. Let's just talk about some little things we saw that we're into. Medication reminders can now be seen as critical alerts. They're the ones, you may have seen this in like apps like Carrot Weather. Yeah. They make noise even if your phone is silent. Yeah. But it can also send a second notification if medication is not logged. We yeah. talked about this, I think Recently. when Chance yeah. was on, about having, I moved back to do because I didn't feel like the health medication reminders were enough. And yeah. so I'm glad that that was heard. Yeah. Voice to text. I put a pin in that one earlier. It's killer. I mean, this is my favorite thing about the beta so far. Mm-hmm. I did like a thousand word entry into day one last night, and it is much better. I mean, I say this every year, so people are probably looking at me like the boy who cried wolf. But the uh, this thing, every year they've been getting better at it, but yep. this year they made a big leap. And not only is uh, your voice to text dictation better, it's also got predictive text. I mean, they're using a transformer. They, you know, they're, they never said LLM or AI, but. Uh, they're using some of this modern technology. They're swimming in those waters. Yeah. And and uh, it is, I can tell you, having used the beta on the devices, that if you're at all interested in this stuff, you'll be impressed with the improvement. Yeah. Uh, one thing I am uh, oddly excited about is that Apple Maps can now be downloaded for offline use. No, great. Google yeah. Maps has this. The way Google does it is it downloads a certain amount of direction around a route. Yeah. And so I'm not sure quite of the details on Apple Maps, but that's a that's a huge addition. And uh, I think one will be great for, you know, if you go out on a trip out in the middle of nowhere, you want your Apple Maps to work. Yeah, totally. And, or even if you're like in a foreign country and you have spotty uh, access to the internet, you know, mm-hmm. get those maps downloaded around your hotel. Um, Reminders got a Kanban view. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. And so you combine that with the easily shared reminders. And now I'm thinking about some workflows for Team Max Farkey. Uh, yeah. yeah, It's going to probably replace Trello in my household because yeah. we use that the, the layout for some things. I'm, I'm really excited about that. Uh, one other one I thought of you and I thought of our friend Federico, pet faces yes. in photos. Uh, so it will know your dog versus other dogs. Yep. I already enabled it at my nest because I, I don't like – I want to find pictures of my dog to send to people because I've really turned into that person. It's yeah. insufferable. But the uh, – <laughs> In fact, I've already made a sticker of my dog too. Perfect. Yeah, but the um, but to find my dog, I got to type "dog" in, and I see all these these other dogs that aren't as good as my dog. Right. And I got to like sort through. But now, Ahsoka has her own album. Yeah. Well, I was trying to like find all the pictures of our dog and do tagging, which I don't like. Yeah. Like, well, now I can just teach it. This is what Eva Corn Dog looks like. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Name drop is something I think we we maybe touched on in the phone section, but I want to say it here. We've all been in that situation of like, oh, I need your phone number. Text me. This is my number. And like it's a, it's a dance and you got to go around and around. And now you can just basically put your phones next to each other. You get this really cool animation. In the moment, you can share what contact information goes. And so I think it's going to be really important for context. If I'm in a work context, I want my Relay FM email to go. But if it's a personal context, I want my Gmail to go and maybe my cell phone number, right? So you can, you can control that. And uh, I think that's going to be... So nice. I do that so much, and it's always a pain. Another delightful little reminders feature is you can turn a reminders list into a grocery list, and it automatically categorizes everything for you. We have a shared grocery list in reminders already, so I just applied it to mine on the beta. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the 
the carrots, you know, or in the produce and the, yeah. you know, everything is just. It saves done. you those, I call it the walk of shame in the grocery store. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, I got all my produce, but I forgot the grapes. Oh, yeah. And you're way over in dairy. Yeah, I know. And you got to, no more of that. It's going to be great. I know. Like, uh, supermarket veterans just shake their head when they look at me. Yeah, I'm, just, uh, I'm, t- I'm the worst. Yeah, but the, the weird thing, all right, so this is, I know we're on limited time, but have you ever noticed how everybody in a supermarket that works there knows exactly where everything is? Yeah. It's crazy. I think they test them. Or I, I think they must have to start, like, stocking. That's, like, Maybe. their first job. But it's like, yeah, I need the, you know, spicy carrots or, like, a aisle seven, row two. Yeah, on blah, the blah. left about knee height. Yeah. You know, they know like, right where it is. Yeah. And yeah. I have no shame about asking for help, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah, now we're yeah when I go in the grocery store, I'm like a, I'm like a Roomba. You know, like I kind of go to a wall and then yeah. bounce off of it and go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, Mary's like, you had four things to get. Why are you going an hour? It's like, well, I got lost. Yeah. I also, I came home with snacks. <laughs> Does your wife also send you pictures of the ones like get this one? I get uh, no, I do. I do most of the grocery shopping since she works out of the home and I yeah. work at home. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's sometimes funny. Um, yeah, a, a, a lot of nice improvements across the OSs. Um, I'm sure more stuff will be explored as we spend time in the betas and as we get closer to release. I think you could really say that in terms of software improvements, we got uh, this was a quality of life year. A yeah. lot of nice little quality of life improvements. Yeah. Which is really, when you look at where the software platforms are at, is kind of what we need. Just make it easier. Well, Stephen, um, before we go, I just want to talk a little bit about the keynote. Um, it was so fun being at the keynote. Always is, right? Uh, I'm in the media section, but I'm a fraud, you know, because I love the stuff they make and I'm trying not to like cheer, you know, cause mm-hmm. I gotta be cool, but the, it was just great. And one of the, the really fun things about being in it, at the keynote, uh, just to kind of share the experiences, there's all these developers that are there that are like, this is their livelihood and this is their chance to like make better apps and they're super excited, Yeah, but they also have a lot of the Apple teams and the way they're seated at least this year's, they had the developers in front, then they had the the media group, which was pretty small, really. Um, and then behind us, there's a ton of Apple people. And like they would say, and now we're going to talk about improvements to Safari. And then you'd hear this little group of like 10 people mm-hmm. behind you to your right, cheering. You know, And it's like, you know, it, it's nice being here because it really does put a face to this. You yeah. know? Um, it's so easy to think of a trillion-dollar company as a trillion-dollar company, faceless, mm-hmm. nameless. But really, um, there's a bunch of people here and as you get to talk to them, you get to really sense their passion, whether it's a new computing platform or it's a new security feature or it's a Kanban view and reminders. These are people that really like pushed it. And this is, you know, this is their life's purpose is to make this stuff better. And um, it's something that I've experienced several times dealing with Apple in the years I've been doing this, but it always makes me smile to see it. It's just so that's the norm here. And uh yeah. And uh, I wish everybody listening could could experience that because it really is. Um, I don't know. I sound like I'm in the bag, but they, it's, it's, these it's guys fun. really are 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 into making this experience, and it's fun being here. It it is fun, and it's good to see you. It's good to see our other friends and coworkers, and yeah. uh, let's do it again next year. Amen. All right, so we are the Mac Power Users. We want to thank Apple again once again for giving us the space today to to record the show. Thanks to our sponsors, 1Password, Text Expander, Clean My Mac X, and Indeed. Uh, we will see you next time. There's much more to follow up on following this week, so plan on getting more of this. See you next time.